morning and welcome. Uh, when I uh, I talked to my daughter the other day and I said I'm, I was going to be doing a, a presentation on aging, and she said, "Oh, you should be good at it. You've been at it for a long time." So, <laughs> so yeah, no no respect, isn't it? So uh, it's a little bit different take this morning. Um, this isn't going to be practical kind of things. This is more, we're doing more, for me it's more of a, a journey and, and more of a, a theoretical and um, and I would like you to know that this is, this is my, this is my vision, this is what I've come to uh, as a result of, of my reading and, and my, my long years working with seniors, so um, I, I hope we can go through this journey together. Um, Father Richard Rohr, who is a Catholic theologian and mystic, has indicated that there's two halves of life. Typically, the first half of your life is uh, filling up the jar, is the way he calls it. And the jar gets filled with your education, your family, your careers, your jobs, your um, building financial security, and and developing lifelong friendships and creating your, your spiritual foundation. The second half consists of emptying the jar and performing meaningful review of all of its contents. And the second half, by the way, it's, it's not chronological. It's personal. It's in, as you see as we uh, go through this, uh, it's not when you're 55 or 65 or 75. It's, it's a personal opportunity for you to review your life. So the first half of your life is, is simply called um, successful surviving. It's a, it's a warm-up act for what's coming next. We all know that there's a journey ahead of us, but we're really not clear what that journey is or what it consists of. We have visions of hope, and promise, and at the same time, <clears throat> that's when people create your own personal and spiritual identity, and through and through life lessons. But you also learn about uh, fulfillment, achievement, but falling and failing is, is part of the travel. The two halves of the lives are necessary. You can't do the second without doing the first. So in the lessons and the pain and suffering and joys and the blessings that come make it complete for our own personal foundation. There's a, this is the time when we learn about the rules and the boundaries uh, that are part of who you are. The Dalai Lama says that learn and obey the rules very well so you'll know how to break them properly. <laughs> there comes a time when we must pause and stop and get off of the merry-go-round and time to reflect on what we're doing this process is often not done in an instant it takes time and it slowly evolves a personal uh, part of your personal journey it can be painful but and challenging but the results will show that you have <clears throat> will allow you to have the rich life that God has intended you to have. 
when you actually do pause with prayer and learning to listen to God, with his guidance, you can be free to face your future. You should look at the painful memories and um, um, not only look at them, but, but feel them, reflect on them, um, embrace them. You look also at the events in your life, your relationships, your friends, family, career. Look at the disappointments and the decisions that you have made that have made major impacts on your life. Look at the scars, both physical and emotional. Be aware that you have lived and felt all of these in your lifetime. They're part of your past and they're part of what makes you who you are today. When you take time to look at these memories, you should always realize that you've not only lived them, but you have learned and grown in wisdom and strength as a result. That's the part I want to talk about a little, a little later, realizing that you've learned and lived and grown in strength as a result of your life. Within these memories often are hidden blessings. And uh, if you feel you've, if you, excuse me, within these memories are often hidden blessings. And if you feel and see these blessings, you'll be better able to serve others. Much of your journey is similar to a, a pilgrimage. In the ancient tradition of a, of a true pilgrimage, you must forgive anyone and everyone who you have held resentments against, and you must be free of debt. As you review and re relive these memories, now, <coughs> excuse me, now is the time for forgiveness. God forgives you, but... Uh, do you forgive yourself? And forgive, if forgiving involves another person, now is the time to let your pain go. Let the chain that you have been holding on to, that has been dragging you down, and let it go. I was um, reminded um, recently that um, a friend of ours has, uh, was talking about... Uh, an argument or a disagreement they had with their younger sister when they were teenagers. The younger sister told, uh, took, her <clears throat> took her boyfriend away. And she hasn't talked to her for over 20 years. 20 years or more. And has no intention. So the, the burdens that we carry with us um, are lifelong. Don't wait for an apology from the other person and don't wait for them to reach out to you because this is time for you to let go so you can move on with your life. You may also need to forgive yourself. Oftentimes that's one of the most challenging issues. There's memories and things that you've done in your past that weigh you down. <clears throat> Show the same mercy for yourself that you do in forgiving others. So if your lives have been enriched, you'll look on how to forgive. This is the time that forgiveness requires reaching out in prayer. Again, this is the time you can't, you can't do this alone. 
If you're holding resentment against them, pray for them daily, and the resentment is gone. I know that may sound pretty challenging. I've heard people say, I'll pray for them. I pray they get hit by a bus. You know, but that's, that's not the kind of prayer we're talking about. The prayers are, uh, I, I know this works. I've actually experienced it myself, and I've known from other people that daily prayer against somebody, even with deep pain, and it may be justifiable pain. It may be someone really hurt you or physically or mentally or emotionally hurt you. But it's time to let go of it. And until you let go of it, um, your, your life can't be clear. Um, there'll be questions a little later. <clears throat> so you, you need to ask God for directions and for the words and to continue the daily prayer if you pray for some I guarantee you if you pray for that person daily at some point I don't know if it's going to be a week three weeks a month a year sometimes many years I had a friend of mine who said he prayed for his ex-wife for his ex-wife for for over two years and then the feeling of resentment was gone the pain was gone the anger the frustration was gone it's all a result of daily prayer. So after, after praying and turning your wishes over to God, you'll discover that the resentment does disappear, and so did, this cha- so did the chains. And it gives you an opportunity to have an inner peace. But just as a reminder, by the way, we're running out of time. <laughs> we're talking about seniors, of course, but... Um, you need to clean the slate sooner rather than later. Don't put it off. Um, and again, that's part of this second half of life that we'll be talking about in a few minutes. As a reminder, reminder again, this isn't the chronological. This isn't at a specific age. It's a, it's a personal time of growth for you. So as you begin this internal search, ask yourself, How have I lived? What have I done with my life so far? And who have I loved? And how have I identified my purpose in life? What is your purpose in life? And who's been with you on that journey? As you look at what your life has been, take time to discover what you feel you've done right and what you've done wrong. It's not an exercise to beat yourself up or get mired down with remorse. But it's a time to reflect on looking at your life story. Look at the quality of your life. Look at your relationship that you have with others and with God. Look at at your spiritual path. Has your walk with God been one of convenience or tradition? Or has it been one of personal growth and continued learning? Thomas Merton said, we spend a whole life climbing the ladder of success only to find out when we reach the, reach the top it's leaning on the wrong wall. <laughs> so our first half is primarily focused on identity and security. We're often judging ourselves based on our workplace and the workplace values and what society expects. We're so busy determining what our boundaries are and safety and success, we simply have very little time left for living or building lifelong relationships. 
or even looking at the world around us. This is often how people grow in our world, and everyone does need boundaries. Um, we need personal identity. We need to feel safe and understand where you fit in in your culture. But each person also feels needs to feel special. And if you don't feel special, oftentimes you'll spend your whole life searching for it. Human maturity is finally being able to accept reality as it is. One big problem is often you only understand and see the earlier stages of life from the perspectives of the later stages. So, <clears throat> so you're not in this, uh, this, this, excuse me, you're not the first person to travel uh, this uneven road, nor, nor will you be the last. Some of the mistakes you've made needed to be made in order for you to learn and to grow so, and to begin to empty the jar. So, so I have a couple of questions I'd like to pass out to let you reflect. So I'm just wondering within uh, the audience here, how, uh, have any of you actually stopped and taken time to start you know, looking, uh, looking back at your life? Um, personally, I do it. I remember it was it was before I retired. I started wondering whether or not this was the right direction that my life was going, you know, and. I don't know where it came from. I don't know where the questions, I don't know where the, all of a sudden it was like, what, what am I doing? Um, and what, what, did, what did happen for me was um, uh, the company I worked for closed, so that, that forced me into making some serious uh, adjustments in my life. And um, just <laughs> for an example, I was working in the, in the defense industry as a contracts administrator, and I had a degree in, in business administration and, and so when the company closed I did some consulting for a while and still couldn't quite figure out. It didn't feel right and um, for some reason, um, I'm sure you'll see this as a natural transition, so I was a contracts administrator and then I became a long-term care ombudsman. I started working. I started working with people in nursing homes, and with uh, where I started looking. Um, the The task was to be an advocate and to uh, investigate complaints. And I had lots and lots of training, and became face to face with um, many, many, many seniors that were struggling, and a lot of very serious, you know. Uh, complaints that were coming out of the nursing homes of physical abuse and, and um, emotional abuse and financial abuse. And so what did happen with that was that's where, um, as Colleen said, I've spent a lot of years working with seniors. Now I am one, but um, there was a, it was a complete change of heart. And I, I feel like it was, um, I, I used to like to say it was, went from head work to heart work. You know, and how did that happen? You know, how did that happen? I, I'm a firm believer that that's what God did for me. That I closed one door and opened another. I wasn't doing it on my own. I was using my own ego and my own drive to, 
to make a living and earn and go in a certain direction, and all of a sudden, I've been given this gift, and uh, uh, and now I, you know, I run support groups for people with Alzheimer's, and I'm just very, very much involved with seniors, and love it. I just thoroughly, their histories, their stories, the the, uh, the life experiences are just. Um, it's such a gift to be able to continue to do that. And so I have, I just want to ask in the crowd, um, and I'll, we'll go through the other ones as well, you know, have you, have you begun or completed the process of taking a, a long look backwards at your spiritual journey? Um, and if so, what are some of the most significant times or events that, that you can remember, both painful and and, oops, I meant to say joyful and painful. <laughs> Didn't want to just say painful on here. I'd have to check with my typist. Oh, that was me. Uh, who, um, and who has the greatest effect in your life? And that, the reason for that is to realize that you, again, as I said earlier, you haven't, you haven't done this alone. So if you're willing to share with the, with the crowd, um, um, if there's any, especially, have you stopped? Have any of you stopped and, and looked at a redirection in, in your life at any age? Again, it's not chronological and important. It's, uh, it's something, it's your own personal journey. So if you'd be willing to share. Yeah. I don't have a good story. I haven't done a big redirection. And I admire people who have or have been redirected in spite of themselves. Oh, <laughs> you, you know, I. This makes it seem really formalized, and is that really what you're suggesting? Yeah. Well, I my 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 idea of the completed the process was: have you made a have you made a uh, important change in your life? It's not. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. It sounds like okay, I'm done. Right? I've got a whole new direction now. I just march that way. I don't have to look anymore. No, that's not. I meant, have you actually taken a thorough look at, at your past, and um, as a result of that, made changes? So that was what I was reaching for. Did this had to do with the resentment thing? I'm curious. Has anybody heard this quote in Confession? It's from Augustine, I think. Resentment is like poison. It's like taking poison. Anybody know the rest of it? Oh. The resentment is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Right. It's a pretty mm -hmm. strong one, I like it. But I, the one I hear pertaining to this thing about taking a look back, I don't look back so much at all aspects of my life, but the one I try to make sure I've done, and I think I really recommend it. It's funny, you can get quiet, you have to get quiet, it takes some time. And you say, God, are there any resentments in my life? And I just pick some weird things, weird things happen. You start with like right now, look back through the day. Any resentments? And you do a resentment inventory, and you just keep working it, and there's some horrible things maybe. We don't know what people's lives have been through. And some of them you can't forgive, but if you work through your life, you can forgive, and you find these little kid things, and they bring up all these emotions, and you realize, that's ridiculous, I don't have those emotions. It's fantastic. And then at the end of the exercise, hopefully, you know, you're, you feel 10,000 pounds off your back. 
but it may take time and some things come up again and you feel it all over again and you go work through it, it's easier, easier. God helps us to work through a total resentment inventory of forgiveness. It's fantastic. I, I, I really appreciate that, David, because it's um, uh, someone has asked me, well, do you have any resentments? Oh, no, no, I'm fine. And then, like you say, with really serious reflection, with some prayer and sitting down and thinking about it, but well, now maybe, maybe I am still a little angry about. You know, God gives us a joke too, because some of these are powerful and they're little kid things, and we go, "That's stupid." Well, yeah, like I was saying, the the one that was I was disturbed about was the one that um, a younger sister, and they haven't talked for over twenty years, and and uh, it can be life changing. You know, you uh, we all know people that have had their family members that, um, the the black sheep of the family that nobody wants to talk to you know and there's uh, uh, and people hang on to those resentments and, uh, well because of this is not so easy for some of us there's some horrible stuff uh, with God's help though we say God I need your help to do this and he does yeah. he helps us and we actually can unload the whole thing Enjoy exactly with God's help exactly Mark and so, and so, I, so I like your I like your first quote from Richard Rohr because he really does talk about the two halves of life. And I like the fact that you qualified that by saying that it's clearly it's not mathematically halfway through your life. It may not even be at a particular point. My, my question to you is, is when was the time in your life, you were kind of hinting at this earlier, maybe when the company was shutting down, but when was the time in your life that you started investing in looking back on your life versus investing on does that make sense? Yes, yeah. right. In other words, instead of still charging up that um, yeah. hill to, to the, to, yeah. towards the um, merry-go-round, yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> windmill, yeah. <laughs> um, when did you stop? When did I stop? Well, well I'm saying, when did you start the process of, of reflection? Because I think that's a good, I mean, it's a good... I think part of it, um, part of it, for me, it was when I was discontent. You know, and, and, and you can, I know lots and lots and lots of people that have jobs that they've never liked and they've been doing their whole lives. It's a sense of necessity. And um, there was a time in my life, I'd been with that company for like 20 years, and it was like, this isn't what I feel like I need to be doing. So it wasn't, it wasn't a specific time. Yeah. It's like, and I don't, you know, that's what I'm saying. It was really hard. Um, of course, the door slammed when the company left, and you're forced to make a decision. But before that, I was discontent, and I started I started reading books on on spirituality and you know, who hid your cheese. I mean, all kinds of different things to help um, get a better understanding of what my purpose was. I didn't really understand what my purpose was, and and, and that's what the gift has been since since that. But it's a it's a process, and yeah, David's right. It's a it's a process, and it's and like Mary was saying, this is ongoing. This isn't something that you just do one time and and um, and forget it. Yes. I'm smiling about all of this because it's God God confirming to me that my struggles were in line with what you've been speaking, and it wasn't my pursuing it per se. But I was shocked when I left Goleta Valley Hospital and, and gave up being part of the staff. People would ask me, well, what are you doing now? And I very naively answered, oh, I'm on a spiritual journey. 
And it was like I had dropped a bomb because the whole purpose was you network. You know, you have to keep thinking what's the next step professionally. Mm-hmm. And that for me was my whole drive, was this spiritual part of life. But I have not been able to segment it as you have. And I find that the last five years or so, God has impressed on this these theories so much with me that now I feel actually I'm at the place that God wanted me to be all along. Wonderful. But it took being uh, limitations mm-hmm. and physical limitations have really brought it to the foreground, plus seeing the world as an ongoing uh, repetition of mm-hmm. how sin controls our, uh, for instance, even our culture <coughs> doesn't want to be feeling things. If you have a death in the family, you're supposed to get over that. Like I say, within two months. And that's the general attitude. That is a Christian, you should just forget it. It's over, it's done. No, it's a lot of work. A lot of work. I just, I guess I, what's coming to me is I appreciate that you're, you're an advocate for seniors. And as I'm thinking about that, for myself, who will be my advocate? Because uh, we've had some tragedy in the hospitals in our life, and we had Pastor Denny, and I think that we all need to realize the church is a foundation where we can come to have someone advocate for us when we don't know how to speak the words, or you know, in, in hospitals, in you know, retirement, in where we're going to go in the next 20 years to live, and things like that. That that. The church is a found this church especially is a foundation for information like that mm-hmm. and guidance. So I appreciate that you're doing that. Oh, okay. I have Pastor Denny, now I have Pastor Colleen, and now I'll see you. Absolutely. Woody. Uh, I'd like to focus on these questions too. What are some of the most significant times or events in your life? Look at both painfully. Um I was an army officer, and at 15 years of service, uh, I all of a sudden was not needed by the army anymore. So uh, it changed my outlook entirely at that time. Up until that time, I had been looking for success, advancement in rank, etc., etc. But at that time, when that happened, all of a sudden I decided, oh, I've been looking at the wrong thing that's important. Important thing was my family. I still had a a family at home, part of them at least, and I should be paying attention to this relationship. Then there was another event in my life when I was 59 years old and going to retire in a couple of years, I uh, found out, I was a park ranger at that time, I found out that uh, I was never going to make any more money than I now had. My, my, My financial thing was complete. So, what am I, why do I feel so restless about this? I had a good job, park ranger, state park ranger in this area was great. 
great job. But uh, so I looked around and I went to the Vineyard Church and I found what I needed. What I really needed was some direction that was coming from that church. And then now as I look back, I see it's God's hand in my life. Mm -hmm. Before I was even aware of it, that was bringing me to this situation, which were painful, <laughs> but had to be uh, dealt with. The, the financial loss was just, uh, was not even comparable to the lack of purpose that I was at 59 lost, that it found. So that, that kind of helps uh, with Protestant too, and God was the hand that moved that both of those things. Thank you. Thank you all for sharing. So now we're going to uh, step into to, um, second half of life. And I, I found this uh, elder creed, which I really like. It's, an elder is a person still growing, still learning, still has potential, and whose life continues to have within it the promise for and the connection to the future. An elder is still in pursuit of happiness, joy, pleasure. An elder is a person whose work is synthesizing wisdom from long life experience. I really like that uh, that creed. So, um, in in the coming world, they're not going to ask you why were you more like Moses. What they're going to ask you is why were you not what you could have been. And when you begin to empty the jar, it's time to look at your life as it really is. Look at your family, and your work, and your church, and your environment. How have these had effects on who you are? and your identity, and your values. It's also good to remember that you didn't fill the jar all by yourself, as I mentioned earlier. You had loved ones that were on the journey with you, as well as a loving God. So now that you've begun to forgive yourself, hopefully completed forgiving yourself and others, you can look forward to your future with a clean slate. You might have an opportunity to actually reinvent yourself, you can look closely at your current life and to those around you. Pay attention to the elders that you respect and, and admire. Look at positive examples of individuals who show a character of spiritual serenity and have good positive outlooks on life. There are many seniors who have gone back to school, started painting, doing you know, ceramics, learned musical instruments, Join nature groups and going on hikes and, and, and help develop entirely new outlooks of their futures. Realize that you have great value. Um, you've lived a long time, experienced life, and have made decisions and faced challenges and heartaches. You have judgment and self-knowledge based on lifelong experiences. Deuteronomy states, Remember the days of old, consider the generations long past. Ask your father and he will tell you, ask your elders and they will explain to you. 
Look again at what you believe to be your purpose in life. Are you living it? Another question. Not only have you determined what it was, but are you living it? It may be time for you to repurpose your life. It may need to make changes and find ways to help enrich your life. Your attitude, this is really important for me, what I discovered. Your attitude is the most important tool in your toolbox. As you know, people that are really grumpy and have negative attitudes, it permeates everything you do. But those that are positive just continue to work with joy and, and fulfill their lives. Enrich your life not only in the material sense, but in the richness of a God-filled life that allows you to experience this life in its fullest. Remember, happiness, joy, and pleasure continue to be part of your lives as your seniors. You're not a wrinkled 20-year-old, as some people like to define us. This is, uh, this is not your second childhood, it's your second maturity. Although after the age of 70, it doesn't seem to be any clear job descriptions, you still have very valuable work to do. Elders have the evolutionary task of safeguarding healthy and effective parenting. You need to translate the values from one generation to the next. You're the storytellers, the guides that escort the soul into the afterlife. Elderhood provides an opportunity to reconnect with the sacred dimension of your life. You can slow down and begin viewing life and the world around you as more sacred. I like it. It takes seniors twice as long to do half as much. So, so now that you're walking slower, take time to look at the world around you. Look at the flowers, look at the plants, look at the trees, the weather, the colors, the seasons with renewed appreciation. You don't have to rush from one place to another. <clears throat> so now is a good time to deepen your relationship with God as well. In gratitude with God and in the world around you, practice patience and humor. Thank those around you that provide you comfort and support. You can add unique, your own unique contribution to the world that so desperately needs your love and wisdom. So I got a couple more questions on the. If you flip the page, this is this is this is phase two, second half. Have you had an opportunity to identify what your purpose in life is, and are you living it? You know. Um, and what do you believe makes life well-lived? In your own words, what is the value to you? What makes your, what makes your day go round? So. The floor is open for anyone to share. <laughs> Woody. Well, one of the things I appreciate in our church is when we have prayer and uh, requests. Because, uh, not uh, frequently, but occasionally, uh, someone will come up with something that really uh, touches my experiences, like Michael in our church today is having this family reunion with his father that's in this some stages of dementia. 
And I thought, oh, this is a wonderful time if they haven't already done one of these medical things about how you oh, the advanced directive, die, and that's you know? a, yeah. But unfortunately, I, I couldn't catch my post to talk, to say, to ask, or suggest that. But other times I've been able to talk to people about something that they've brought up, and it's been a, a rewarding experience for me, and I hope for them, too. Uh, about whatever their their problem was, you know, from my experience, that type of thing. So the church is really helpful having that uh, that opportunity, giving me that opportunity. Anyone else like to share their purpose in life? Mine is so simple. It's a song from a long time ago by Nat King Cole. Probably nobody in the room knows who Nat King Cole is. A few of us do. No, you're in the right room for Nat King Cole. The purpose in life is to love and be loved and accept that in return. Did everybody hear that? Nature Boy. Nature Boy. The guy who wrote that was an unusual character. Oh, I'll have to ask you about that. That reminds me of the Purpose Driven Life. It seems like it's one of those few books where you actually don't have to read the book, kind of like Silent Spring. It has the message right in the beginning. And you open up the book and it says, it's not about you. And so really it's living with God. And I'm thinking of the last days, people, and when your loved ones are in their later years, you don't want to make big plans of buying green bananas. They say it's a big joke, but you appreciate each day it's exactly what you're saying you, you live you know like the little bumper sticker I saw I stole from Ram Dass be here now I'd rather be here now we appreciate each day you know because Jesus talks about it and he's not talking about old people he's saying you know sufficient of the day of the troubles there you know, don't miss the day yeah remember if you miss the day you got the next one I mean so uh, there's um, and we do miss days I mean there's no uh uh I can't be this charming and and, and uh, happy every single day, you know. <laughs> every once in a while, I'm a bad day. Uh, but the, um, what I was saying earlier about um, when I discovered what my purpose was, it, it very much is what you just said, David. My, I feel my purpose is to help others. And that's what I'm here for, and and um, I also believe that uh, just over the years, then that, that I've been given the opportunity to learn and to grow so much more in working with seniors that I can actually make a difference. So making a difference is so much more important than making money. So um, God headhunted and got you for him, right? Apparently so. Yeah. <laughs> Tapped me on the shoulder when I wasn't looking. So, Because so. again, you know, going from contract administrator to working in nursing homes is a pretty big jump. <laughs> but I think right. Good thing. It's not an easy job. No, it was. Uh, it was. It was. It was tough. And and um, I I did actually do it for five years, and then you know it was emotionally uh, draining to the point. Then I just became a geriatric care manager, where I actually worked with a company and had caseworks, and, and um, you know I like to call it I was a, a rent a son for a few years, basically when somebody needed services, I'd help provide them. So. Um, so we're um, one of the things you always want to 
where I am thinking of more and more is God willing, I will do this. <laughs> God willing. That's right. So my, um, oh, where's my conclusion here? I have it somewhere. Um, so my, in, in concluding, I'm going, there's another quote from um, Richard Rohr. I, I've read a lot of his books and the one, the one, particularly the one that helped influence me for this presentation was uh, Falling Upward. And that was, uh, uh, that's where he came up with the two, two halves of life. And uh, I really like that uh, concept. But, so once again, Richard Rohr says, old age is almost complete change of gears and engines from the first half of our lives. It doesn't happen without slow realization, inner calmings, lots of resistance and diminished and even eventual surrender. All of them, by God's good grace, we can grow, you can work with our ever deepening sense of what you really desire and who we really are. The horizon of old age seems to be the plan that God has prepared for us as inevitable as the part of, of necessarily the necessary school of life. So in our final phase, the one of mortality, the more we embrace mortality, not as an aberration of God and nature, but as an agent using us to live, urging us to live to life to completion, the more our anxiety transforms into feelings of awe, and thanksgiving and appreciation. Instead of fearing death and fearing the separation of life from others, when you accept that you are one with God and one with the earth, it allows you to accept the seasons and rhythms of birth, growth, death, and transformation. So I've also heard some, some of my seniors say, why am I still here? You know, I'm, I'm sure you've heard that. It's because God's not done with you yet. That's why you're here. So, so thank you. If you have any questions or um, comments, please feel free. That's, that's about all I've got. Okay. Give no hand.